Welcome back to the Bad at Math, Good with Money podcast. I am your host, Dr. Tamara Dias, or Dr. D, your friendly, licensed financial social work educator. I'm glad that you're here with me. You already know the drill now. I've got my fabulous producer, Zach, here with me. He keeps everything on track, makes sure that the show runs smoothly for us. And I'm really glad that you've joined us here. Listen, if you are saying, Dr. D, I've listened to these episodes. I love what you're sharing. And I'm ready to kind of take the next step in my financial journey. I want to invite you to reach out to me using the contact links that are going to be below in the show notes. Reach out to me on Instagram. Send me a message on my website. I want to make sure you know that I'm here for you for coaching services, whether you are just starting in your financial journey and you need a little bit of support or guidance, or maybe you are a little bit more established and comfortable and you have some big goals that you want to go after. Regardless of where you are, I'd love to work with you one-on-one, or if you're saying, I have a community group that is having some great conversations or needs to have a conversation around money, then hit me up. Let me know what you need. I'll be happy to partner with you and serve you in any way that I can. Um, and of course, you already know your homework every time you listen to this episode is to like, share, subscribe, make sure you're plugged in. I want to make sure that I keep you in the loop of all the great things that I'm doing in general as a financial coach, but also, of course, on this podcast. So make sure that you're sharing this within your network and stay in tune for all that we have going on here. Okay, this week on the podcast, we are talking about emergency funds. That's right, the rainy day fund, as my great grandmother loved to call it for most of my childhood and my upbringing. And a previous podcast episode, I talk a little bit about resilience budgeting and the idea that you wanna build in space into your budget for life to happen. Because we know life happens a lot of times unexpectedly. I always say that, you know, when, we, when we're saving for a rainy day, we never wonder if it'll ever rain. We know rain is coming. We don't know specifically the day. We may not know the time of day, but we know that it is eventually going to rain. And so you want to make sure you have an umbrella for that rain. In this case, it's going to be making sure that you have an emergency fund. So one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this on the podcast is a statistic that I read in general. I know that you can find just about, you go to Google, you type in, Google will let you know that most people, the average everyday American is living paycheck to paycheck. So I knew that, but I really wanted to explore, well, are people prepared for emergencies? And so what I found was that six out of 10 employees would be unable to cover a $500 emergency expense, such as a hospital bill or a car repair. Six out of 10. So that means if you're at work right now, you're listening to this maybe on your lunch break or you're listening to this in the office, if you can count 10 people around you, six out of those 10 likely could not afford a $500 emergency. And so for me, a $500 emergency, when I think about what that looks like in real time, it could be two tires for your car, It could be maybe a trip to the emergency room. It could be things that can happen in an instant in our lives. Over 60% of people can't afford that. And so I really wanted to do an episode that talked about just the idea of what an emergency fund is and how you can go about building one in. You know what I take from that, Dr. D? Uh, Like if, if you find yourself where you're one of those people that can't afford that $500 emergency fund it's not like you're so far behind and you're in such the minority that can't handle that 
in fact, from, from what you just described, most people can't. So it's nothing to get too discouraged about. And now, you know, now we can get into kind of how to help them. But you're not way behind the eight ball for sure. Not at all. It's so easy to hear something, to even think about your own life or look at your own finances and think, oh, I needed a unexpected car part. And now I feel like I'm so behind everybody else. Like you said, not true at all, because likely the person next to you at the car repair shop, they're also in the same space of feeling like, oh, I don't know that I could afford that either. So if you if you are one of those people and you felt like not being prepared for an emergency could isolate you or even really keep you from getting to where you want to go financially, not true at all. Okay, so now that we know that the majority of us could not afford an emergency if one were to happen at the $500 level. I want to highlight just how important it is to have an emergency fund. And you'll hear me talk today about having that emergency fund in cash. I'm not going to get too heavy into what you have in retirement saved up, any policies you have that may accumulate. I'm not going to talk about that because one of the things that we see with emergency funds is that it's important to have this money liquid cash easily accessible. Um, and if you're thinking, I have a credit card that I use for emergencies, I would caution against that. Um, because typically, if an emergency pops up and you're swiping to take care of it, it's just building and adding to the debt you already have. When you have a set amount of money put aside that you can access quickly um, in the event of an emergency, it ultimately prepares you to be able to handle emergencies more quickly and more efficiently and to keep moving forward towards your financial goals. And so if you're thinking, this is me, I want to make sure that I get set up in the event that emergency happens, grab your notepad, go ahead, get settled, because we're going to jump into how you can build this emergency fund. So first, what is an emergency? What is an emergency fund? What is it? In short, I've already shared that it's liquid cash, but in general, it's just a savings account that is set aside specifically for unexpected expenses or financial emergencies. The purpose of your emergency fund is to provide a financial safety net in situations that are unforeseen or urgent. An example might be a medical emergency. So a sudden medical expense, maybe even one that's not covered by insurance. You know, I know that in the past year, I can probably name five people that I know just in my circle that went to the emergency room. And even if you are insured, emergency room visits still can cost a few hundred dollars. And so having an emergency fund can help shield in the event that hopefully you never need to, but in the event that you end up in the emergency room or have any other sort of unexpected medical expense, an emergency fund could help with that. Um, job loss. 2023, I feel like, was the year of layoffs. Every time I logged on to LinkedIn, I saw a new company that was laying off 20% of their employees, 15% of their employees. I saw people in my network who had been employed at companies for 10 years with their entire divisions being dissolved or let go. And so job loss is something that I've connected with in a very real way over the past year. Emergency funds help you. In the event that you lose your job, whether you choose to leave because, you know, you need to look for something different or you have to leave um, because of layoffs or because you're being let go. And an emergency fund not only prepares you to kind of stabilize your income, but I think on the career side, an emergency fund can also help you make better decisions in terms of your career. If you're looking for a job 
and you kind of have an emergency fund set, you may not rush into your next role. You may have time to kind of pause and think about things. And so that emergency fund can also set you up to where you're actually picking your next role from a more aware and reflective perspective instead of rushing in because you're paycheck to paycheck and you can't afford to miss out on having income. Um, home repairs are another one. I know people who have said that their HVAC systems have gone out. I remember one summer our air conditioner broke. And so that was a, you know, we had to get our central air fixed. That was an unexpected expense. Um, it can be a leaky roof that you have to get repaired. Um, all of those things are not necessarily things that we always expect or that we budget for. And so having an emergency fund means, okay, if I have to spend $2,000 to have a plumber come in, I don't have to add that to the credit card debt. I can pay cash for that and then, you know, focus on rebuilding the fund. But I have an access to emergency funding to be able to support those repairs. Car repairs are another one. I mentioned that already. Um, I am a I'm always on edge when I go to the car shop because I feel like I'm the perpetual customer that goes in for the oil change. And they give you a list of like 80 other things that that should be done to the car or that they recommend be done for the car. And so. Sometimes we expect, we plan for new tires or maybe brakes, but a lot of us don't. And so we go to the car shop and instead of paying $200, we get a bill for $2,000. Having an emergency fund will allow you to be more prepared to handle that. Um, and then the last area that I can think about um, is unexpected travel. So maybe you don't live close to family or maybe you have to take a trip out to help care for someone or support someone. Maybe someone passes away and you have to fly out for a funeral or to go be with family. Having an emergency fund means that you can go spend that time with family. For me, I think the theme around all of this in an emergency fund is really having the ability and opportunity to respond to an emergency versus I think deal with the emotional weight of not being able to take care of whatever the emergency is. So, you know, you lose a loved one, you wanna go be with family immediately. You don't wanna have to sit and think, how am I going to afford this? My credit card is maxed out. I don't have the money here. Do I call and tell them that I can't come? Do I have to call someone and borrow money? Instead of, I have an emergency fund for things just like this. I'm going to pull from the fund, book the plane ticket, book the train ticket, or put the gas in the car, get the hotel room, and I'm going to go see my family and show up for them. Emergency funds ensure that we're able to respond to these emergencies, again, quickly and efficiently, but also in a way to where we're not putting ourselves further in the hole. I know that early on in my financial journey, I didn't have any emergency savings. And so for me, my credit card was my emergency go-to. And so what that ended up being was a lot of times I was just swiping and getting more into debt whenever something unexpected popped up. Whereas now, because I do have an emergency fund, you know, little things come up, I can cover them. Now, of course, Tapping into that emergency fund always is kind of a moment of, sheesh, that money's going and now I'm going to have to add to it. But I also feel a huge sense of relief knowing that I've planned for this. I have planned for the unexpected to happen. And so now I get to use those funds to be able to help because I need them. And I really like how you explained it to Dr. D. Like, you know, you're planning for the rainy, the rainy days, as you called them. They're definitely coming. Yep. You know, some some years are worse than others. Uh, you know, maybe it's one or two rainy days. Maybe maybe you have a, you know, poor luck one year and it's a lot of them. But if you plan for them, like, you know, they're coming because they are, you'll be much better prepared. Absolutely. And we had a global pandemic 
raise your hand if you prepared for a global pandemic in 22. No hand's going to go up. Nobody prepared in 2020, 2021, or even now as we're seeing kind of the lingering effects in 2022 and 2023 of the pandemic. And so I think back to just being at my computer and in 2020 seeing people who worked maybe in like hospitality industries at hotels, who did travel, travel was shut down, people weren't staying at hotels. I saw hotel chains laying people off, things like that happen whether it is a global pandemic or sometimes it's just like life happens to you maybe you get sick and you can't work you want to make sure that when that rainy day comes you have an umbrella I keep an umbrella in my car mainly because I know that there may be days where I'm out doing things and it's going to rain I want to make sure that when it does rain I'm not soaked I am prepared and so that is all this episode is is how where's your umbrella do you have an umbrella for when the rain comes, when the financial rain comes. And so hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll have the steps that you need to say, I'm going to go and implement this and I'm going to build my emergency fund. Okay, so how do you build an emergency fund? So you are thinking, oh, this was fantastic. I know I need one. What do I do now? Um, The first thing I want to encourage you to do is to start small. So I know it's easy to think, Okay, I need an emergency fund. You're telling me I need to go out here and just find $5,000. Where does that money come from? Not at all. I understand that you can start off small when it comes to setting that fund. So for some people, that looks like starting with $1,000. And so in general, a rule of thumb when setting an emergency fund is usually three to six months of expenses. That is what Most people will tell you three to six months kind of gives you a good buffer. That way, if you were to lose your job, get sick or anything like that, you immediately have those expenses set aside and covered. However, if you're listening and you're thinking three to six months expenses for me is like $10,000, $15,000. Where is that money coming from? No worries. Set smaller goals. So start off small by maybe thinking, how am I going to save $1,000? Because $1,000 sounds a lot easier than 15 or 10. And you'll always hear me say on this podcast that I really believe in small actions compounding over time. I believe that it's really important that we not get so caught up in the big goals that we lose sight of how those smaller chunks can add up collectively over time and get us to where we need to go. So that's the first thing. Obviously, I, I think three to six months of expenses is a great place to start. But maybe you start off at 1000 Maybe you start off at 500 But set that small goal first and then continue to build from there. That way, if you feel like, you know, you're already in a space to where maybe things are a little bit tight or maybe you're supporting a loved one right now and you don't have a lot of extra income where you're, you can automatically look at your finances and say, oh, I have an extra 500 a month that I could be putting away. If that's not you, start off small. Maybe it's 30 per paycheck. Maybe it's 200 per month. Maybe it's 100 per month. But whatever you do, don't use this as a reason to say, I'm not going to start. Or, you know, things are tight right now, so I'm not going to save anything. You want to start off small, do what you can to put aside money. And then as you get a little bit more space, a little bit more wiggle room in your budget, then you'll be able to add to it and increase that amount over time. When I started out early, um, $1,000 was my first goal. And while it wasn't three to six months, when the first emergency popped up, I think it was something, I needed something for my car and I think it was around $700. Having that $1,000 was a huge relief because I knew, oh, I, I saved, I have an emergency fund built 
for this expense where I had only budgeted 50 for what I thought I needed and it really ended up being 700. I easily went, got that emergency fund. I had a little bit left over. And so from there, I just tapped right back in, putting aside more money until I built up that emergency fund back to where it was before I had to pull it out. So that's your first tip. Start off small if you're feeling like you have limited resources. The second is I want to give you a tip for how you can allocate that to your emergency fund. So one of the things, if you're thinking, well, how do I start? If, okay, I have my goal. It's $1,000. What do I do now? One of the things I want to tell you is that it's so easy to automate your emergency fund. So one thing that I started doing probably about six years ago is within my paychecks, when I, you know, in my nine to five role, I allocated a specific amount per check that automatically went to a savings account. Now I have a savings account. My emergency fund is in an online savings account um, that would take me a little bit of work to get to. So it's not super easy to where I can swipe and get it, but it would take me a little bit of moving around to be able to get to it, but it's easily accessible. Um, but automatically that money comes out of every check. So I don't even see it. It doesn't come to my checking account to where I have to look at it and then say, oh, well, let me manually type in the amount, move it over to my savings, make sure it goes to my emergency fund. It comes out. It doesn't even hit my checking account. And that was one of the best recommendations someone gave me that I passed along to everybody. Whether it's $10, $20, maybe you say you want to put aside 15%, whatever it is, have that automated. That way you don't even see it and it automatically goes into that account. Um, and you'll notice over time for me, there was even like a six month period where I forgot that that was, that that money was collecting. And I just got so used to seeing this is the money that's coming into my checking. And I was even surprised that I hit my goal so quickly because I didn't have to touch the money first for it to go into savings. It automatically went there. You know what I like about that method, Dr. D is once you automate it, without even realizing it, there's a good chance that'll kind of shape and affect how you live your everyday life Absolutely. or every, you know, from week to week, you know, now, now that you have five or 10% going off into the emergency fund, you know, now maybe you get DoorDash once a week instead of twice. And then after a few months, you don't even realize you're doing it. You're helping save your overhead. And then, like you said, you know, you're taking the guesswork out of it to automate everything for you. For sure. I always say once you start doing something like this, it, it propels you into better financial decisions. One financial decision usually causes a domino effect and leads to another one, which is which is always a good thing. Um, so absolutely automate it. The second thing you can do, of course, is cut your expenses. So a lot of us, myself included, love DoorDash, love Uber Eats, love food delivery in general. And you may find that in addition to your grocery budget, you're spending maybe an additional $100, $200, $300, $400 a month just on food delivery. And so maybe you thought, I don't know if I have enough money to put aside for an emergency fund. Maybe I have to go get a part-time job. You might not. You might just need to sit down and look at your budget and figure out, do you have one too many subscriptions? Do you have every single television or network subscription service that's available out there? Maybe you cut some of those. Do you order out a lot? Is there opportunity to cut back there and just take that money, that $20, that $30, and move it right on over so that you can allocate that to savings every single month? And that's money that you already have. You're already spending it, so we're not telling you to go out and get more. You already have it. You're just putting it towards a different goal. I also want to encourage you that if you are starting out in your emergency fund, 
to not be discouraged when you have to use your emergency fund. So I have been in a space where I save for an emergency and emergency happens and then I get really upset because I've spent the money. An emergency fund is supposed to be used on emergencies. So do not get discouraged if you save for an emergency and that rainy day comes because you've prepared for it. All you want to do is make sure that once you use it, then you still continue to build that up, especially if your emergency fund was established and you'd stop putting money towards it. So say your emergency fund goal was $10,000 and you hit that goal. So you stopped putting towards it because you felt good about having that amount in your emergency fund. And then a $3,000 emergency popped up. You want to take that time to then say, I'm now going to revisit my budget and start putting money back into my emergency fund so that I can get it back up to that $10,000 goal. But you want to make sure that you feel confident. One of the things that I like to say is that an emergency fund can be really empowering because it reminds you that you've been thoughtful, you've been intentional with your money, and you can be confident in knowing you prepared for an emergency and you did it once. So once you did it once, you have the skill set and the tools to be able to rebuild it once you've had to tap into it or use it. And I'm going to take it back to your first episode. You know who this would be really frustrating for spending their emergency fund is the saver. Like, <laughs> yes. like, like I, like I was the first, um, you know, like I said, I was the first episode because yeah. he works so hard to fill the accounts and, and that's, you know, how you, how you, uh, you know, you, you get excitement from seeing those grow. So it's okay. That's what it's there for. That's what it's there for. And I'm telling myself that just as much as I'm telling you guys. Yeah, it's savers unite. If you if you are if this is your first time listening to the podcast, definitely go back and listen to episode one where we talk about the different approaches and different styles to money management. If you are a saver and you love just having the money, I understand. Again, safe space for you because you want to keep it, but you you essentially save for the emergency. So I completely understand how it feels to have to tap into that, even though you want to hold on to it. Um, and then the last thing I want to remind you is when it comes to your emergency fund, I always recommend keeping it in a high yield savings account. You heard me say that mine is automated and it's an online account. Um, I think mine gets about maybe four to five percent. Um, so not a ton of money, but it does collect some over time. And like I said, I have it set up to where that money is going automatically into that savings account. I don't touch it. I check in and the and the savings account that I have actually allows me to create buckets within the savings account. So maybe I have within my emergency fund a bucket for housing, a bucket for car repairs, and then a, bu a bucket for medical expenses. So for me, I've gotten really clear within my emergency fund of how I want to break those amounts um, down as emergencies pop up. And when emergencies come, I just then put a little bit more effort into, okay, I had to pull out of it. Now I got to Take the next couple of months and rebuild and add back to it. But I really encourage you that if you have an emergency fund or as you start to build one, that you keep it in a high yield savings account um, to where you can get to it if you need it. But maybe you don't have a card where you can just go pull out for it. Because if you're one of those people where your emergencies look like uh, shoe emergencies at the mall because there's a sale um, or it looks like concert tickets because you just found out your favorite was going on tour and you wanted to buy those tickets. That's not quite what this episode is for. We're talking about actual life emergencies. And so sometimes not having immediate access to that account, maybe for your own good, you got to go through a little bit of work to get to it. Um, and so definitely high yield savings account. And I recommend one that you can't always get to immediately, but it is accessible. Maybe if you just need to do a quick transfer or if you need to go in person to a bank. 
Okay, so now we are at the wellness tip episode. I always give a financial wellness tip. And today's tip is to review and adjust your numbers regularly. So of course, I've talked about resilient budgeting. I've talked about having goals for your money. But specifically, as we think about the emergency fund, I want you to ensure that as you're building it, you check in with your emergency fund at least once a year, maybe even twice a year, just to make sure that the numbers are still relevant. Um, specifically, if you've had a change in your financial situation, whether that's a change in your income, your income has gone up or it's dropped, or maybe even in your living situation. Did you buy a home? Did you sell a home? Are you renting? Do you have a roommate? As your numbers change, your emergency fund will need to change. So maybe before your emergency fund monthly was only $2,000 or $3,000 and now it's like five. If you don't check in, then you'll think, oh, that emergency fund that I had set when, my, when I needed $2,000 a month or $3,000 a month, that made sense because I had $6,000 set aside. But now my monthly expenses are $5,000 a month. And so now I only have a month, really. And I need to put a little bit more money into that. And so your tip to really maximize your emergency fund is to make sure that you're checking in with it, you're evaluating it, and you're making sure that that amount is still relevant for you and your financial situation. Now we move into the Ask Dr. D episode, portion of this episode. And this question comes from Instagram. Y'all know the last few podcast episodes, I've taken questions from kind of Twitter slash X. Now I've, I've tapped into my Instagram family a little bit more. Um, and this question is going to come from AJ on Instagram. Hey, AJ, thanks for your question. And AJ says, I'm currently paying off $15,000 in credit card debt. I want to focus on paying down this debt completely because I'll be debt free. Should I build an emergency fund once I'm debt free or should I start now? Super good question. And I will preface this by saying, depending on who you ask, some people may have different responses. So you're listening to my podcast, so I'm going to give you my thoughts. Um, but understand that there are multiple approaches and everybody's going to have their own recommendation on what you should do. From my perspective, I always say at minimum, you should have one month's emergency fund saved up. So I know that for some people, they may take the approach of, I'm just going to have $1,000 in emergency fund and I'm going to allocate that and then everything else I have will focus on debt. And a lot of people believe that that is the best way to go about it. For me personally, I always say at minimum, a month is what you need because I feel like a month gives you enough flexibility and wiggle room. So for you, I would say set aside that money so that you can allocate one month of your emergency fund set aside because... I believe that if we don't have that set aside, then what happens is, especially for you, you're paying down credit card debt. So if something comes up and it costs you $1,000 or $1,500 and you don't have an emergency fund, you're just going to swipe that credit card as the emergency comes up. So now you've added to the very debt that you're trying to pay off. So again, for me, I think what has worked well is if you have an emergency fund set aside for... Your average emergency, which maybe could be between $500 and $1,500, if you have a month or a month set aside, you usually can handle that. I don't want you immediately going to a credit card as your go-to, which is why I say don't just solely focus on paying down those credit cards. I think it's really important that you also work to build that emergency fund at the same time. So maybe that looks like paying just a little bit above those minimums while you also put aside some money towards your emergency fund, but I would not recommend 
not building your emergency fund at all and just focusing on credit card debt. I think it's really important that you tap into um, your emergency fund, whether that's simultaneously or saying you're going to take some some time and intention and focus on that emergency fund. Once you have that one month, then go full force into tackling that credit card debt. So thanks for your question, AJ. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer, share it in a comment below. I love reading comments from you all, letting me know how you're engaging with the podcast, letting me know what's relevant for you. So if you have a question, drop it in the comments or send me a direct message. Um, my info, my social, my social media info is always going to be in the social in the notes below for every episode. So let me know what's on your mind. I want to make sure I'm featuring questions that are relevant for you and that are answering kind of the financial things that are keeping you up at night. So that's going to bring this episode of Bad at Math, Good with Money to a close. As a reminder, of course, if you're looking for support in your financial journey, you're looking for a coach please connect with me. My information is below. I want to make sure that you have the support to move forward, whether that is one-on-one -on -one coaching or maybe just a VIP one-day session where we look at your finances and help you chart a path forward. I'm, I want to make sure you have what you need um, to be successful in your financial journey. Please like, share, subscribe, especially if this episode resonated with you in any way. And we'll see you back here next week. Mm -hmm.